Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. We're still seeing it quite well through that haze. T minus 37 seconds. The fight is growing. E equals MC. That all men are created equal. About the future innovations. And growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this very special episode of Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host, Ryan Treasure, and we got a great one for you guys today. Uh, you know, we're always talking about such serious things like, you know, how vaping is impacting people and what's going on with medical marijuana and CBD and all these other things and how are you leveraging your marketing for business and how are you using technology and CRM and all that stuff. And I think sometimes it's always great to just take a step back and, you know, think about some of the other things that have to do with relationships as it relates to your business and your home life and all those types of things. And so today we have uh, Reverend Dr. Stephanie Redfeather, a divine feminine change agent, champion of empaths and author of The Evolutionary Empath, a practical guide for heart-centered consciousness. And I want to welcome Stephanie to the show. Welcome. So Stephanie, I think that a lot of people get uh, wrapped up in a lot of the the relationships that they have in business and a lot of times they may forget sometimes that you don't really know what your fellow coworker may be going through outside of work or um, in their personal life and sometimes it takes a little bit of empathy to take a step back and you know provide them uh, you know with with an open mind and an open heart to to be able to understand some of the scenarios that they might be going through so I want to talk a little bit about that and how uh, empathy kind of correlates with business but before we go there uh, I want you to tell your story about how you found your frequency where uh, where in your journey in life did you you go aha this is what i'm going to do i'm going to i'm going to be the evolutionary empath i'm going to teach people about empathy tell us a little bit about that well it was a long road to get there um, so i'll give you a few highlights uh, when i was young i was very intuitive very creative my mom said that i could always tell when people around me you know weren't feeling well or were down or having a hard day and i would crawl up into their lap and you know, it's like you're not consciously, cognitively processing what's going on. You're, you're responding to a feeling. You're responding to an energetic. And I would somehow try to make their day better. Um, and, and that has continued my whole life, minus the lap part. I don't usually crawl into a stranger's <laughs> lap now, you know. But, but I still sense and I, and I feel that. Uh, I went to a creative and performing arts school. I don't know if you remember the TV show Fame, but you know I danced, I sang, I was in a dance company with the city, I performed, I was in theater. And then fast forward a few years and I got a math degree and went into the Air Force. So <laughs> somewhere in my teenage years, things went amiss and that's a whole story on its own. But you know the way I've described it is that 
um, as I as I came into my teenage years, my feminine self, which really the, the feminine archetype includes all of that intuitive, creative expression, she started feeling unsafe in the world. And so, you know, my masculine aspect came in and said, I'll save you and put Let's her in a box Let's and put her away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, whatever, my, my 13-year-old masculine, I got you. <laughs> and so, you know, you can, you can really chart like in my high school years, how the feminine expression went down and the masculine expression went up. And so from that perspective, it totally makes sense that I got a math degree and became an Air Force officer and I was in the Air Force for 10 years. And fully, um, uh, you know, kind of threw myself into that masculine world. I went to an engineering school that was, you know, mostly men chose a career that was mostly men <laughs> and about 10 years in is when I got that little inkling in my heart that said it's time to get out and it, and it wasn't because I knew what I wanted to do next it wasn't hey I know what I'm going to do it's time to get out it was I think it's time to get out <laughs> ah now what am I going to do <laughs> and so I uh, my my financial advisor who uh, I'd been with that company for 10 years and he knew me well and he said Steph you're really good with people what would you think of being a financial advisor and I was like oh okay and I and I now liken it to like the first person of the opposite sex that pays attention to you in grade school you know it's kind of like oh oh you like me oh okay I'll like you back you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I really didn't have you know the, the decision to be a financial advisor didn't come from a place of passion or or calling um, it was kind of more of convenience but I, I thought that's what I was going to do for the next five or ten or fifteen years and I quit in less than six months because I hated it and that is what threw me fully into what I call my spiritual awakening because I was just completely so that that was the that was the aha that that was the impetus I still didn't know what I wanted to do but that was the hot poker in the butt you know it was <laughs> like okay we're gonna start yeah. burning this fire all right move you along know? gotta go do something yeah. else yeah yeah, yeah. I yeah. know I know the feeling well I was in the Navy and so um, mm -hmm. when I got home from the Navy I was literally like I, I don't know what I'm gonna do you know I'm like I'm gonna go to school for something right and I just started taking like general uh, community college classes and I got a job part-time as a, as a stagehand like you know but basically moving boxes around the stage at different concerts and stuff but that was kind of similar to me I was like I, I like this whole entertainment aspect but I don't want to push boxes around you know and uh, and so that that's kind of funny that kind of happened to me and I, I did that for a couple of years and I, may, I met some really good friends and then all of a sudden I I saw an ad in the newspaper and it said uh, uh, come work in the in radio well phone number that was it and I was like, interesting. So I called that phone number and now we're 22 and a half years later. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, when, when I quit my financial planning business, that was really the beginning of, of what I call a five year period in the spiritual crucible where I was just getting cooked down and cooked down and completely transformed I mean I I was in in utter chaos I didn't know who I was what I wanted what was important to me I was redefining everything I was you know just in a in a lot of fear and a lot of doubt and all of that stuff that comes with being in that really dark place 
And after my time in the crucible, you know, when you sort of step out and kind of, whoo, you know, like, okay, I'm still alive. Let me look around. The world still looks the same. <laughs> and and kind of get your bearings. I realized that I had some wisdom that I that I had gained a perspective and understanding of of going to that, you know, I don't want to call it hitting bottom, but really going to that dark place of just not knowing and questioning and wondering. And and I had excavated a lot of gold nuggets of authenticity and and truth and wisdom and in that moment if you will I realized that I wanted to turn around and give this to other people and that's when I started my business because I I wanted other people going through similar transformation to for, for their journey to be easier and not so much cussing at God and gnashing of teeth and <laughs> pumping into walls. I, you know, I felt like I could help explain to them some of the things that were happening at a subtle energetic level and to give them tools and to give them encouragement. So, Oh, that's, that's a, that's a great story. And, you know, I think that there's a big need in, in business and in personal life for, you know, people like you that kind of help people to manage their feelings and how they're going to interact with other people because, you know, business is stressful. I mean, uh, like I told you, I do way too much radio. I probably produce uh, four hours or five hours of interview content just by myself on a weekly basis on top of doing 20 million other things. And I'm a father and I coach soccer and all that. And, you know, all of those things in life, they can become extremely stressful, which can really change the way you um, change your outlook and the way that you deal with people. And you kind of sometimes I think may, you know, lose sight of what it means to have proper relationships within um, your home life or your business life. How do you if you were to give some advice to somebody in that space, how do you help them to, you know, kind of take a step back, get centered and kind of re-energize in that space so they can come from um, a, a different space in their, in their mind, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me, let me kind of create a little bit of context for, for what an empath is um, to, so that I can answer that a little more broadly, um, you know, because empaths are, the shorthand version would be empaths are highly sensitive people. So we, we feel everything, we're, we have highly sensitive nervous systems, um, we have big open hearts, and because one of our natural gifts is to blend and merge, it's easy for us to feel what other people are feeling but when we're unconscious of it or when we're in the unhealthy expression of it, that can turn into codependence. It can turn into thinking that things that are not yours to do are your responsibility. It makes it difficult to figure out where we end and the next person begins. You know, so, so the corollary of being really good at merging with somebody else is having difficulty figuring out who, who am I and staying in my center because we're so other focused, not just identifying with others or, or sympathizing with others, but actually being able to pluck ourselves out of our body, plop ourselves into their shoes and, and feel everything from their perspective. And so there are a lot of tools that I teach to help people 
come back into their own sovereign space, figure out where their edges are, you know, the edges of their energetic container, how to manage their energy, how to clear their energy field. I call it energetic hygiene. I didn't create the term, but I, I use that term. It's a good term. Uh, yeah, and, and boundaries. You know, we're not very good usually at saying no or even knowing what it is that we need or want. And so those pra- there are practices to help a person figure out just, you know, who am I? What do I want? What's important to me? What are my values? What are my beliefs? Uh, and so it really is a, is a process of um, working those tools and learning to stay in your own sovereign self, you know, staying seated yeah. in your own throne, if you will, and then applying your gifts of, of sensitivity, of compassion, of understanding from a place of recognizing where the line is so we don't get lost. So does, I'm sure everybody has, um, you know, the name of our show is Finding Your Frequency. So I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that everybody probably has a different zone or or frequency space that they have when it comes to their, their area uh, in that space, number one. And number two, if... Um, do do all people have the ability to show some type of um, you know empathic tendencies, or is it geared towards specific people like you that you know are are, are more highly sensitive to that specific thing? I know it's a two part question. Yeah, no, that's that's a great question. My belief is that every human being is born with this potential. You know, we we just, in my viewpoint, we just came from source. You know, we 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 were just there. Boom! Now we're in a body. You know, we we don't come in with all of these preconceived notions or judgments or you know things that that tell us you can do this. That's why kids that. are awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so there's. I'd say there's quite a few influences. There's what you chose at a soul level. So I believe when we're at a, at a soul level in between incarnations, we're making decisions about what body do I want to come into this lifetime? What, what family do I want to choose? What major life experiences do I want to have? What part of the world am I going to be in? Am I going to be a male or a female? All of those sorts of things. And when we get here, we're still human beings at the level of development that humanity is now and we have free will (laughs) so there's there's kind of maybe the plan that we have and then sometimes we follow through on that plan and sometimes we don't and so you know there there are souls that are that are choosing to come into the world with this energetic physiology of the empath being more highly sensitive having kind of a different configuration but i also believe that everybody is born with that ability and those sensitivities and a lot of times they're trained out of us how do you think um if somebody was to be able to become more in touch with their empathic sense inside how does that help them in business or in life, in, in their relationships? How does how have you seen some transformations where somebody says, you know, I, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I, I feel what you're saying. And then go and put that into practice. And how has that changed them? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, pretty much all business is about relationship. Or maybe ideally it should be, and not necessarily all of them are. <laughs> I feel I feel like it's about two things: relationship and change. <laughs> yeah, because nothing stays the same, right? For sure. Uh, 
so so there's always so much more is served if you can understand the other person's point of view if you can find common ground so so if you can go into any interaction with the mindset of, of how can we come together how can we focus on our similarities instead of it being adversarial that is always helpful whether that's business or you know personal relationships so, so let me pause you on that what do you yeah. do what do you do in an instance where one of two parties um, you know like in, in a business relationship maybe a coworker or something like that um, what if you've tried that you've tried to meet in the middle on some of your uh, some of your similarities but the other person is not receptive to you even trying to you know uh, understand their feelings I've had a similar instance where you know myself and another uh, human being may not have been getting along um, in a business sense and I've tried to understand okay are they going through something at home is there something uh, external that's causing their um, communication gap or you know is there a different approach you know I did this uh, radio show about like what type of personality traits do you have are you an action person are you a blueprint person are you nurturer are you a knowledge and so I always try to go back to that space within communication and say well, if I come at a nurturer with a, you know, a, a giant handshake instead of a hug, you know, like that type of communication is very important. But even when you've tried to, you know, break their specific code in who they are and their personality, and you've tried to approach that in that way and have an open heart, but they're not even receptive to that. Where do you where do you go from there? Yeah. Um, if I if I had more specific details, and I'm not <laughs> asking for you to divulge that, it would it would make my answer a little more focused. So I'm just going to say kind of some several give several ideas. Um, you know, so first of all, I'm going to assess what the relationship is. Make sure I'm not going into codependence. Make sure I'm not trying to fix something that's not mine to fix. I'm trying to make sure I'm not taking responsibility for something that's not mine to do. You know, sort of make sure that I'm. I'm clear about those edges. Have I done everything that I can? Am I being respectful? Am I being professional? Am I, you know, being whatever the etiquette is? And then sometimes it's just a judgment call where, okay, maybe this person doesn't want to be chummy. Maybe they don't want to open up. Maybe they just want to be very um, superficial isn't quite the right word, but it's like, okay, we're just going to interact however we have to interact to conduct business, and we're just going to keep it kind of sterile. And and so there are other practices that I would go into where I might um, have a conversation with their higher self. You know, like if, like if there is an issue and it's not getting resolved, then I might step back and I might just have a conversation with their higher self and say, Hi, here, here's, what I, here's what I'm trying to accomplish. Here's what I want to do. You know, it's kind of like speaking to the highest in that person. Sometimes that can make a difference. Then other times you just have to let it go. You know, I mean, there's <laughs> that's hard to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's again, if I if I knew more specifics, I could give it a more specific sort of prescription. But those are the first thoughts that come to me. Well, and I think sometimes what I described happens between uh, people of an older generation and millennials, right? Um, there's uh, there's a gap in, you know, there's a gap in our value system, right? From, you know, people who were, you know, non-millennials. I'm stuck right in the 
in the middle. Some say I'm a millennial. Some say I'm not. Uh, my value system tends to be less millennial. My technological brain seems to be extremely millennial. Um, right. So I, I, I like the idea that, you know, I know myself as a person and I can I can bridge what I feel is that gap between between those pieces, which is very helpful for me in business. And another reason why I've been um, successful to to an extent in, in my relationships with business. But I think what I described is nece- isn't necessarily, you know, me and somebody else, but it's what I see in business between, you know, um, higher end management and uh, millennials coming into the workforce where I feel like millennials are a little bit more sensitive and they're probably a bit more in tune with empathy. And the other side is more from that traditional mindset of um, I'm telling you what to do, go do it, right? Uh-huh. There's There shouldn't be feelings involved it's a it's a input output kind of scenario and so i think all too often in business as we're starting to see this shift of millennials becoming you know older and getting into higher end positions in leadership and some of those things that um those are the types of kind of relational and communication pieces that um i think where empathy plays a big role but i think a lot of times people just don't know how to go there Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's tricky when you have the different generations and different um, philosophies just on how to run a business or how to be a leader and one person values this kind of approach while another person values that kind of approach. Um, to me, communication is always the key. So, you know, in, in that Scenario. I think it's very important for leadership to recognize the the vast, you know, on the on the spectrum, all all of the different personalities and sensitivities, and just speak to what their expectations are, and to even say, here, you know, here's the kind of leader I am. Here's how I think. Here's what I value. Here's what's important to me. And so, if you hear me saying this or see me doing that, here's what it means. And so, don't take it personally. You know, I mean, that's the that's the kind of person I would be. Some people don't feel like they have to explain themselves, or I wouldn't call it defending, but I would just call it being open about who you are and how you work. So you're leaving as little as possible up to other people's interpretation. Um, you make but, it. But you, think, you make it sound so easy. <laughs> <laughs> Theoretically, it's always easy. <laughs> yeah, that's what always happens when we sit at the conference room table and we're like, we're going to build some new piece of technology, and most of the tables like, oh, we're going to do A, B, C, and D, and we're going to have these things, and this is how it's going to function, and then we, you know, start talking to, um, you know, the actual development team once we get from like an R and D and an idea, and the development team goes. Yeah, that's going to take us seven months and 750 hours to create. And we're going, but no, we need it done in like 30 days. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. My dad was a mechanic and he always loved to kind of gripe about, you know, the engineers, all of their conceptual stuff sounds great. But as the mechanic, I'm the one that has to fix the engine. And when this thing, when I have to take the engine out to change the, you know, filter, then that doesn't (laughs) seem practical. So, 
<laughs> so yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, when I was a teenager, I used to help around the construction site as a uh, as a sprinkler fitter. We put in fire sprinklers in commercial buildings, and one of the funny things is like uh, when you do fire sprinklers, um, the things that have to do with safety in a building are the number one component of the safety. So when the fire marshal comes out and the the city planner comes out, then they inspect what you're building. The first thing they look at is okay, are all the safety mechanisms in place? And uh, I had some fun times where you know it was an engineer who was drawing plans in there and they expected us to work around you know the air conditioning duct and then when I called back and I said hey this is in the wrong place they go but air conditioning is extremely important in the desert and I'm going well air conditioning is not going to matter if the place burns down you know so um, yeah that's a just kind of a funny story where we had somebody creating blueprints expecting us to do something that wasn't logical (laughs) So, Stephanie, I know uh, uh, you have a, a blog uh, and a podcast and a couple of those things. So let's talk a little bit about those. I want to give you the opportunity to share where people can find, you know, more information about um, who you are, you know, uh, info on the Blue Star Temple and, and what you guys are doing over there and where they can find help to be more empathic. Thank you. Thank you. My website is bluestartemple.org. And right now it's a virtual space. It is, it is not brick and mortar. Um, and there's a lot of significance to the, the name of that, which I have on my website if you want to read it. But basically it's, it's a place where empaths, where highly sensitive people can come and feel like they've found their tribe, where I offer a lot of tools and products to support people on their journey. So uh, the Evolutionary Empath book comes out November 5th. And to to support that and help spread the word, I have a weekly blog that's hosted on BizCatalyst360. Um, I have a podcast that's hosted on Sacred Stories Media. And it's a 12-episode podcast. Uh, episode 3 just came out this past Monday. I have to look at the date. That was October 14th. Uh, so there, all of these things kind of parallel each other, just explaining what it is it to be an empath and what does that mean and why are we here at this point in human evolution and are we random or do we serve a purpose and how do we manage our sensitivities and how do we relate to our gifts as an asset instead of a liability and all of those sorts of things. Um, on my website, I am. I have some products available, and I'm and I'm rapidly trying to develop <laughs> as many as I can, so I can offer as many tools as possible. I do have a live workshop coming up uh, December sixth through eighth in Kansas City. Uh, I have people, video. People can find out about the workshop on the the bluestartemple.org site. Uh, by the time this airs, yes. At this moment, I don't have it up yet, but it, it's going to be on there soon, so yes. Um, and I have a video home study course if you want to learn more about tools to clear your energy field. So when I was talking about energy hygiene practices. Uh, that would be something that would be very useful. Um, downloadable meditations and workbooks and all kinds of stuff. Nice. So. Awesome. It sounds like you have a pretty full gambit of 
uh, of tools that will help uh, people to become more empathic. And uh, I want to thank you for your time for joining us on Finding Your Frequency. Um, it's always a fresh uh, of breath air, a breath of fresh air uh, to take a step back and and talk about things uh, and talk about your feelings a little bit. Sometimes uh, I think all too often we get so caught up in the rigmarole of business and you know daily life that we don't think about some of these things as much as we should. And I also think that we're living in an interesting time where human beings are becoming more enlightened to these types of ideas and you know holistic medicine and you know uh, some of the energy healing and these pieces that I'm sure that you have a lot of talks about and you know living your purpose and uh, being your your centered self and your or your organic self uh, and I think a lot of that is important especially as we move into 2020 next year I think that um, I just feel like a shift of humanity is kind of coming um, and I just hope that we can figure out a way that as we shift as humans and our technology gets greater, that we can make sure that, um, you know, that empathy that we feel towards human beings also moves into the technology realm. And we have, uh, you know, some purpose behind some of those things too, that are coming down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, one of, um, my, well, she, I don't know her personally, but I think of her as a teacher. Her name's Anadea Judith, and she's an expert on the chakra system. And she talks about how humanity is collectively moving from third chakra consciousness into fourth chakra consciousness, heart consciousness, more of bringing in the divine feminine and, and all of these qualities that are associated with the, with the empath. And so the subtitle of the book is A Practical Guide for Heart-Centered consciousness and and so though it may not look like it <laughs> humanity is ascending in consciousness and we are shifting in our values and perspectives and sensitivities yeah we did a show um, a few weeks ago that was kind of centered around how there's a lot of new leadership uh, in business and and such that is uh, taking that feminine approach and you know and the person who I interviewed was specific about saying hey no it's not about a man or a woman it's about the feminine energy and being able yes. to lead human beings and lead people from that space and centered in you know the feminine which um, you know I think a lot of times for me I, I, I'm I live at home with my wife and a daughter and a female dog and but it's been a good thing for me because um, my daughter is six. She's she's very empathic. She's very emotional. Um, I'm very action right, plan and action kind of person. And but being around that um, over the last six years, I think has done something specifically for me. It's it's taught me a different way of being able to communicate with somebody and and a different way of having a relationship with a little person that um, has taught me a lot with other people because I didn't. I didn't necessarily reflect on how other people uh, took my approach at certain times or how I would speak to them. And, you know, coming from, you know, the place of, of the, the, you know, the mom, the man, you know, and, and that and that doesn't necessarily work in in communication or in business. And so um, I love what you're putting down. I love what you're talking about. And I think it has. Um, a, a huge ramp and a huge runway way into the future because this particular item that you speak about and you know living your soul's purpose is probably um, one of those things that um, we all should just focus on a little bit more rather than you know like I said the rigmarole of business like well, who are you and what are you as a person and lead from that space Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I actually go into the masculine and feminine archetypes in the book and explain why they're important to understand and embrace um, as you move into more conscious living. So, 
That's awesome. We have a radio show on the network called Conscious Living on our Voice America Empowerment Channel. Some might want to take a look at, uh, hosted by Andrea Matthews, and she does some stuff with Super Soul Sundays with Oprah. Um, so I think maybe that'd be a great connection for you guys maybe to do a show together. Uh, I think that would be a great connection. But, uh, you know, I appreciate it, uh, Dr. Reverend Stephanie Redfeather, right here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Go check out her website at bluestartemple.org. And of course, the book dropping on November 5th, The Evolutionary Empath, A Practical Guide for Heart-Centered Consciousness. Thank you so much for joining us right here on Finding Your Frequency. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening on your favorite podcatcher, you know, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio or such, please make sure you rate us five stars because it's way better than four. Uh, shoot us an email at info at voiceamerica.com. Let us know if there's anything near and dear to you or your heart that you'd like us to cover. And again, we appreciate you all listening in and thanks and tune in next time right here on Voice America, the leader in live internet talk radio.